0: all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact, and we're very, very pissed off. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it has not been a good week. But, I'm not going to let that slow me down. I am turning over a new leaf. I, uh, honestly, I've been uh, on the internet a lot, as I am apt to do, and there is just so much negativity out there. I mean, whether it's, you know, like, um, I was listening to the Sound of Young America, and or, or Jordan Jesse go actually, and uh, Jesse was like, Yeah, you know, I watched the Big Bang Theory and I'm just like, wow, good for you nerds. You have a show. That's all I can think of when I watch it. And I'm just like, how do you enjoy anything? Right? Like you're, you're reading so much into this show. It's a great show. By the way, if you're not watching the Big Bang Theory, highly recommend it. It is, um, it's, it's super, super smart, uh, paired with, the hot girl who lives across the hall. And that's the entire show. But I'm not, I'm not, and and then, so you've got people who are overanalyzing just perfectly good media. And then you've got other people who just hate everything. And then you've got Mark Marin's podcast, uh, WTF, and left to his own devices, he's just a swirling cest pit of, uh, I realize cesspool is what most people would have gone with, but I'm going to go with cest pit. Cause, uh, I don't know. I'm an innovator. Hey, I'm crazy. Look at me. Hey, I'm making up words. Hey. Um, so Mark Marin is just angst and anger and, and suffering and all this stuff. And it's like every once in a while you get a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's like just this guy's awful life and hard time. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to be. Uh, Billy Joel's Piano Man, who helps you forget about life for a while. But I will tell you, it's not been a good week for me. And that, and I'm bringing this up because that's how much I care about turning over a new leaf. Like it, at the beginning of this week, when I decided this, it was super easy, right? But who does you know how? How brave of it is of anybody to do anything when it is easy, right? It's the true test of all of us to do the hard thing. So I, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm a hero because I'm I'm not gonna bitch and moan. That's me. Woo, yay! I get a parade. I hate a parade. Too much standing around, really, and and too many people in your way. I do love. I do love the small town parade, and I and I I think I like the small town parade because, like, when you. When you go to see the Rose Parade, for those people who are interested, or the Macy's Day Parade, or whatever, like, those people have tons of money, and they've got all the resources in the world, and they're just throwing it all up there, and it's like, it's, I don't know, it's so what, you know, like, you see this this float go by, and you're like, well, of course it looks good, I mean, it's brought to you by Disney, from the Imagineers with a million dollar budget because it's a rolling advertisement with Clay Aiken si- singing on it. Of course it's going to be good, but I love the small town parade because the small town parade is really, uh, we called around, we couldn't get any classic cars, so we have a Trans Am. That's about a classic. In 1974, black Trans Am with the uh, still has the gold painted uh, Firebird on the on the front of the hood. That's that's it's the best we could do, and that to me is awesome. Uh, and I don't and I, I wish I really knew why, but it is it's just fantastic. I love it. But oh, and so just just to catch people up uh, about why the week didn't go quite so well. Um, I, I have been trying to get a job as a trainer, uh, ever since, uh, they laid everybody off from Macy's and I finally got. Uh, uh, I got to round two of being a trainer with Learn IT, and what Learn IT does is they, you know, you you, you the, the company you work for, uh, they need you to know certain software, and so they ship you off to Learn IT, and you know, Learn IT teaches you. And which what was really nice about Learn IT was it didn't involve a lot of traveling. And if it was traveling, it would have been traveling within the Bay Area. Most of these trainer jobs, it's like, well, you'll be training. You know, even Macy's, like, they had, uh, you'll, you'll be training people on how to work the cash register, and you'll be traveling to anywhere we have a store. So you could go to Rancho Cucamonga, Rancho Cucamonga one weekend, and then, you know, El Paso the next. Do we have a store in El Paso? I don't know. Anyway, um and so i don't like to fly i mean really does anybody like to fly probably not but i really i really dislike it so the most of the training jobs are not really great for me but obviously i'm doing this podcast obviously you know me and i love to talk and so and, and really what i was tired of in my last jobs was i was tired of being responsible for something and it was tough because you know you would You were constantly being confronted with, well, this isn't working and you made it and it's not right and you failed to test enough and and where is this thing in the inventory that you said it was there and it's not? And it's just like, oh. So I was really happy about the idea of getting a a training job because a training job, yeah, there's the occasional, like, I have a question about blah, 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 blah. What's the answer? And occasionally you don't know. But, you know, it's like, You don't know? Not the end of the world. You know, no systems failed. Nobody lost their job. It's just like, hey, I don't know. Give me half an hour during the break while you're out getting your Cinnabon. I'll uh, hop on the internet and take a look and see if I can find the answer. So, really, your doing of it is uh, um, decidedly low. You know, it's really just, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll part you with my information. And I felt like I could do it. You know, I worked with angry inner-city youths. And I, I like getting up and I like talking. So I was really kind of excited about this. And I made it to uh, the second round of interviews. Actually, the second round was really the, the last round. It was between me and another guy. And they went with the other guy. And initially, I thought I was really going to be more upset about it than I was. Um, I just was kind of like... You know, I did talk to the guy a bit and it, you know, you they really want people who are at the expert level, which I am not in any any software. I'm not an expert in anything except perhaps talking. And even then, how do you teach people how to talk? I don't know. But anyway, and he said, you know, really you're going to have to do a lot of work to get to that expert level and it's taxing and then, you know, there's homework and you got to really work it. Which you know i'm not super excited about but and the pay wasn't great too that was the other thing it's not like i i was getting this amazingly high paying job it's not like i would be russell brown who who is the uh, evangelist for adobe um you know i would just be you know i'd get paid like a school teacher really um yeah all right all right that's not true i'd get better paid than a school teacher but uh so you know okay i i, I would have liked the job but I didn't get it. So, so that kind of sucked. Um, uh, my laptop hard drive took a dive. So that kind of sucked. Uh, I I thought it was just the registry was corrupt. So I reformatted the drive and, and reinstalled a bunch of stuff. And then it really took a dive. So it's like, oh, great, I have to reinstall everything twice in like, two or three days. So, and it's and it's a, it takes a long time to install software. I mean, and, and I'm not just talking like a couple of programs. I'm talking about a lot of stuff. So, all right, I'm not looking forward to doing that doing that again. Um and I've got I think the worst most distressing part of this whole thing is I my body and I are at odds constantly. And I have developed a new pain belt. Uh imagine um sort of um like a, like a old-timey uh, 1849 gunslinger, the way how it kind of uh, hangs low, like a, like a Han Solo, where his belt hangs. Um, that's about where my pain is. And it's weird, because I don't know what it is, right? Like, it moves. So sometimes it'll be right in front of my legs, sometimes it'll be kind of a little bit to the out, sometimes it'll be directly on the hips, sometimes it'll be lower back, and it just kind of shifts and And I don't know what it is, and I, I don't know how to make it go away. you know it's like when I wake up in the morning, it's gone, and then sure enough, after a couple of hours, it's back, so it's just like I don't know, it's really frustrating, so all these things all kind of hit at once, so it's been it's been not a great week, but because of the the you know my new leaf, I want to talk about something uh that I really Really love, Uh, you know. No, no, I'm not going to spend the entire podcast talking about Miriam. That would just gross most of you out. Uh, I want to talk about technology. I mean, as, you know, as, as, as critical as I am of uh, the fact that my uh, laptop hard drive took a dive after really not being that old, uh, I have double redundancy on my backups and I do them all the time. I, I use Carbonite, by the way. For those of you who don't have any backup solution, or you have one, but you just don't do it often enough, Carbonite, man, awesome. Uh, I don't think they have a Mac solution, but their Windows solution is fantastic. It's, it just, it does it. It does it for you. It's all seamless. And it has, it's kind of cool too, because it puts a little icon in the right hand, bottom right hand corner. So it's it's a light. So it's either a green light or a orange light. Orange light means, um, it has not been backed up. Green light is, it has been backed up and no light means it has not been scheduled to be backed up. So, um, I really, I really like that system. Um, it's uh, I think it's like fifty bucks a year, and here's the best part: unlimited storage. So you know you've got a 250 gigabyte hard drive. Hey man, it'll back the whole thing up if you want. It's slow because you know the internet is slow and uploads are slow, but uh, you know eventually it'll we'll do it. And then of course, if your hard drive does ever go belly up, then you know you'll you'll it'll be much much faster to restore than uh you know it did to upload. And and really what you you're buying for your 50 bucks a year is insurance, right? Because you're not you're not expecting your hard drive to die. But it could. And and wouldn't you you know you have to really ask yourself, wouldn't I pay somebody 50 bucks a month just to back up my data? I mean, I'm not a month, a year. 50 bucks a year. Wouldn't I pay you know, State Farm Insurance. Here's fifty dollars. Bring me back my data if something happens. Of course, of course you would. I mean, you know, and especially because everything is digital now. You know, I'm doing my income taxes digitally. Uh, you know, I'm I'm applying for jobs online digitally. So I've got. 40 copies of my resume all in Word format, all in, you know, applying with various cover letters and all that stuff. I mean, that's all so important. I mean, mind you now, some of it, well, oh, email, email, you know, if you use Outlook Express or, or an email client and you don't check that box, yes, keep it, you know, my mail on the server, then, you know, you have to have some sort of backup solution. And I, I really enjoy Carbonite. I also have a little uh, home network attached storage that um, I, I use as backup as well, which is also uh, wonderful. Made by QNAP, the letter Q, N-A-P. So let's talk about, let's talk about technology. Let's talk about, you know, in my place, I, I am not an early adopter. As much as I love technology, I don't want to buy a bunch of technology I'm not going to use. So I don't have a smartphone. I have a dumb phone. I have a virgin mobile pay-as-you-go phone. Why? Because I'm almost, I'm either at work, at home, or at the gym. And if I'm at the gym, I can't talk to you. And if, you know, and if I'm at the grocery store, I'll bring my pay-as-you-go phone and that'll be great. But, you know, I don't want to pay 50, 60, 70 bucks a month for something I don't actually need, and I encourage everybody to do this. And and the as for the early adopter, God, I just I'm not I'm not there anymore. I'm not this rabid, crazed individual that just has to have it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe I was like that once upon a time, but but then again, the technology of our youth. Uh, is, you know, not really that happening. There really wasn't stuff coming out very often. And and what did come out, you know, it wasn't leaps and bounds over the next or the last thing. But there is some technology that I think everybody should have. Okay, so first of all, I think everybody should be connected to television in some way. I love television. I think, you know, anybody is like, oh, I don't like it, it's, you know... Blah, blah, blah. The only reason not to uh, own a television and have cable or satellite is because you are a television addict. I remember there was this guy in college and uh, he said, um, he said, uh, oh, I, we had to cancel HBO. Well, why? Well, i just watch it. I'd watch it all the time. And honestly, I was with him because if I'm paying extravagant rates that HBO has, which is like 20, 30, 40 bucks a month. I would want to watch it all the time because I'm feeling like, well, I'm paying for it and I don't, I don't have a ton of money. So I should watch it. I should be watching this. And you know, I, I don't understand the people who, who watch HBO because it's like, you know, the number of good movies that are on HBO are so preciously slim. I don't understand how, uh, licensing works for cable television, but why you know, I used to have uh, Encore. Encore was such a great channel, because they would put on movies, good movies, but they weren't necessarily the newest movies. So, I remember once I was putting up Crown Molding, and I was like, well, you know, I'd like to have something on in the background, I'll put on whatever Encore has on. They had Tron. Great, great movie, right? I mean, it's not the best, you know, certainly has its, its problems, but it was a fun little movie. And so I put it on. And, and and you know, meanwhile, uh, oh, I do this thing when I get into hotels. First of all, I have to say hotels are really kind of cheapening out on the HBO. It used to be any hotel room, anywhere you go, HBO. But now I've noticed a lot of places don't have it. Uh, but that's my thing. I get into a hotel room, boom, instantly turn on HBO. I, I feel like, you know, this is something I don't normally have. Let's have it on all the time. But it's gotten to the point where Miriam and I are doing HBO crap roulette. Like, and and it's really just a coin toss. Will it be good? Will it be bad? I remember a lot of years ago uh, on our honeymoon when we were in Cancun, I would go into the hotel room. I turned it on. They were playing that fat kid soccer movie, whatever that one was, green wall, green kids, whatever. The entire week we were in Cancun. Um, I remember one time Miriam and I and her brother went to, um, Steamboat Springs. Boom. Every time I would go into the hotel room, Anaconda! Anaconda, everybody. Uh, and some of the worst, if you want a laugh out loud, bad special effects movie, Anaconda is, uh, is the one to go for. But, um, so this is why I will never buy HBO. I don't care how much money I have. I don't think I would... If I was a millionaire, I don't think I would have HBO because what HBO does is they do have some good original programming, but it's usually one show, right? So The Sopranos. Sopranos would be off the air at one point for a year and a half. But normally what HBO does is they have cycles. So they'll do... Some good show like The Sopranos for like six or, yeah, like six months, and then it'll go dark, and then they'll have another show that's also good, but the two shows won't be on at the same time. So basically, you're paying all this money for one show, for one show, for like a half an hour a week, for four, for, for two hours a month. Uh, you're paying all this money, and then you're getting, you know, Fat Kid Soccer movie the rest of the time, or you're getting uh, Rodney Deen- Dangerfield's Ladybugs. There's a classic. Or, or whatever, you know, and, and HBO is all about the new. And, and oh, anyway, I, I said I don't understand licensing for, for movies. There's got to be some sort of weird sliding scale, right? That's like, it's a new movie, and it warrants this price point. You know, because there's got to be a reason why they're showing Anaconda versus The Godfather or Citizen Kane or Star Wars. You know, even an old Star Wars probably costs them more than a new Anaconda. But I don't understand it. But if anybody does understand it, I'd love to know because I find that that whole thing fascinating. So, uh, forget hbo but i do think everybody should have a connection to television because there's a lot of fantastic television out there and i know a lot of people i used to work with a bunch of people they'd be like i don't know every time i turn it on i wind up watching um uh, uh what's that um of the rock of love or that that uh flavor flav uh show where he was trying to find abroad um yeah, no, don't watch that. And and you never ever have to watch crappy television again if you get yourself a DVR. Digital Video Recorder, I guess is what it stands for. Anyway, yeah, you'll you and you don't have to go with TiVo anymore. When when T, when when DVRs were brand new, TiVo was the only game in town. And it was expensive. I mean, you had to buy the unit. You had to sign up for the subscription. But now you don't have to do that anymore. You know, Comcast, they have their own. Uh, We have Dish Network here. They have their own. And you just pay a monthly fee. You get the unit for free. And you pay for the DVR service. And even in TiVo, you know, you can't just get the DVR. You have to pay for the service. Uh, But it's totally worth it because you know, all our time is valuable. So don't waste it on stupid stuff. Just watch the stuff that you want to watch. And with a DVR, you just tell it, uh, this show, this show, this show, this show, boom, there you go. It's all loaded up. It's all prioritized. And you never have to know when anything's on. That's that's another liberating aspect to this, which is, I don't know when it's on. I just search the list. I see something I want to watch and I watch it and I delete it and I free up some room and I go. So if you're not, ha- if you don't have yourself a DVR and you have yourself a cable or a satellite, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Get yourself a DVR. Obviously, I, I think everybody should have a computer and access to high speed internet because dial up is crazy. I mean, I understand. I get it. You, ever, not everybody lives in a place where, uh, you know, high speed is. And you say, like, well, in, in every major city, sure. I mean, everybody has access to high-speed Internet. So if you're living in a major city, you got no excuse. The other thing that I think is totally invaluable these days is the GPS. If you have a car, get yourself a GPS because you never have to look up instructions. You never have to stare at street signs anymore. Getting yourself a GPS is freeing. Unfortunately, I don't have a brand recommendation for you because the one we have is kind of meh, but oh, just do it. And and the nice thing about the GPS is no monthly fee, no subscription. You just get the thing, you set it on your dash. Yeah, it takes it like a minute or two to sync up with the satellites, but oh my God, if you are driving anywhere... Now, it, it is a little bit of a problem. Uh, if you live in a big, big city, so if you live in Manhattan or if you live in downtown San Francisco, it doesn't work. It can't find the satellites. The buildings are just too big. But get yourself a GPS. I mean, they're not even that expensive anymore. I mean, it's like they're under $200. You can get yourself a perfectly good one and it'll last you forever. Right? I mean, okay, maybe eventually it'll break, but there's no hard drives, there's no moving parts, it's all just, you know, flash memory, and every once in a while they do take you down the wrong road, or or there is a road that you want to go to that it doesn't know, but it's really rare. I mean, really rare. So what I think is really weird is just how wrong we look into the future and guess at technology. It's, it's amazing to me, you know, like you, you watch Star Trek and they're imagining this world. Uh, I think that Star Trek takes place in like the 2200s. Here we are in the, in the 2000s and, you know, you, you watch the original Star Trek from the 60s. Now, mind you, they were trying to project out, I mean, even if they were trying to project out from, then to now, that's 40 years, because the show ended in 69, so we just came, we just hit the 40th, uh, 69? Yeah, it ended in 69, we just hit the 40th anniversary of the end of Star Trek, which is, wow, that is weird, ugh, I sound old, uh, but they really missed the mark, I mean, you know just simple stuff like they were projecting another couple of hundred years in the future so yeah okay teleporters and all that jazz but and no faster than light travel okay we we don't have that yet i get it but simple stuff like i don't know touch screens they didn't have i mean even on their communicators you know it was all about twisting dials and hello and and our cell phones are smaller than their communicators. And it's weird too, like all of that stuff, not just Star Trek, but all of that in the future. Honestly, I don't care about flying cars, right? Like flying cars just seemed like everybody was obsessed with flying cars, you know? Uh, and, uh, And unless they get a really safe way of doing the flying car, I'm not interested in the flying car. The flying car seems like flying death trap, In the future, we will have flying death traps. Um, So, no, no, does not seem like a good idea. So, to me, the really great thing about technology is now we've reached a point where everybody can have a presence, right? It's really now boiling down to talent. Because in the olden days, it was, how do you get your article in that newspaper? Or... Uh, how do you get your own radio show? Well, nowadays that's all gone, right? You know, there's video sharing, there's podcasts, there's web pages. We can all broadcast whatever we want and people will come if it's good. There. Done. Now, of course, it helps if you have a way of getting a bigger audience, but, you know, the way the internet works, it, it, it can all be viral. It, it can all happen tomorrow. You could pierce your scrotum on YouTube. Well, they probably take it down, but, you know, you could do something wacky and then like a million people could see it. I am um, I love the band Pumplemousse, and I think they don't even have day jobs anymore. They just sell everything on iTunes. And for instance... Here's something that I just... I'm going to crowbar this in here because uh, I, I really wanted to, to say this. Uh, I heard David Feldman, uh, uh, San Francisco comic David Feldman, who now lives in Los Angeles. Uh, he recently wrote for the Oscars. And he was on, I think it was Comedy and Everything Else podcast. And he was on there talking about meeting Alec Baldwin. And he was at the craft services table with him. And he, he picked up the coffee cup and he was like, hey, coffee. And Alec Baldwin kind of shoots him this look because Alec Baldwin was in the movie, uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. And there's this whole big speech he does about, you know, he's come to sort of whip the office into shape. And somebody says that they want coffee and he says coffee is for closers. Now, Glengarry Glen Ross... Not a huge movie. It was a a play, very popular play. That movie is fantastic. It's it's tough, though. I mean, you got to be in the right mood for it, but it's a little bit down. But it's about these guys who sell real estate and they are, I guess it's like, I don't even understand the kind of real estate they're selling. I guess they're selling just like open land in Weeds, California or some weirdo remote place like that. But they're they're calling people all the time. Anyway, so Alec Baldwin comes and he yells at them and he says coffee's for closers. Not a not a huge movie, but it's got Al it's got Al Pacino, uh Jack Lemon, uh Alec Baldwin, Adam Alan Alan Arkin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Alan Arkin is in it. Um, and it's a fantastic movie, uh, really well-written, but depressing. And, and, but if you have ever sold anything in your life, you should see this movie. Because it really is... Because selling is hard, and, and this movie just really drills into every hard thing there is about selling. Anyway, so uh, David Feldman is standing at the craft services table with Alec Baldwin, and he says, you know what they say about coffee... And Baldwin shoots him this look, and and Feldman looks back at him, and he's like, "Yeah, that's okay. I'm not gonna say it." And Baldwin's like, "Thank you, thank you, thank thank you, thank you, thank you, David Feldman, for not saying that." And um and so the point of the story is, and especially with you know the internet and everything, anytime you meet a celebrity. You can pretty much bet that they've heard whatever obscure line that you think you're doing, but it actually turns out it's really not that obscure, and they've all heard it before. Uh, I know uh, Rob Schneider; uh, he, I heard him on some podcast saying that, like on a daily basis, people scream at him, "You can do it." Now, I'm a Rob Schneider fan, right? Like I like uh, the hot chick. Oh. The Hot Chick is such a fantastic movie. Um, and now if you hate Rob Schneider, you're not going to like it. But if you don't and, and you want to just see a really goofy, fun, silly movie, uh, The Hot Chick is it. And Anna Faris, fantastic in the movie. Um, but the movie, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah. so Oh, but anyway, so Rob Schneider, he's in all of these uh, Adam Sandler movies. And apparently in every single Adam Sandler movie, he says, You can do it! And it's really, you know, Sandler's fault. But look, hey, man, Sandler is feeding, you know, he's keeping him in clothes, you know, because, you know, who's begging for Rob Schneider? So I was hearing David Feldman's story and I was thinking, God, if I ever made, if I I ever made, if I ever made a sweater, I would like it to be blue. Uh, If I ever met Alec Baldwin, I would love to go up to him and say, hey, hey, Alec Baldwin. Ah, yeah, you, you know, you know what they say about coffee, right? It makes you shit. And then in my and in my fantasy, you know, we both laugh hysterically. Probably in reality, I I laugh hysterically, and he's just like, uh, "Is my caramel macchiato ready yet?" Uh, uh, caramel macchiato. I'll I'll never have a good uh, Alec Baldwin impression. That's all right. And you know. I am a little disappointed in technology. I, I shouldn't say that. I love technology. I'm disappointed in the people in charge of deploying technology. Because there are a lot of areas of technology where I really feel like it's there. They just have to do it. You can do it. And they're not. Uh For instance, iPod integration. Okay, listen, fellers. It's been, what, six, seven, eight years since the first iPod, that big clunky thing with the physical wheel. Oh, I love that physical wheel. Oh, I hate, I hate the virtual wheel. I love that big physical wheel of it spinning around. I would, I would love that to have that again. Um, do you think the iPod is going away? Do you think MP3s are going away? Do you think MP3 players in general are going away? What, do you think this is some sort of fad? No, of course not. So stop treating it like it is. Let's have true MP3 player integration. And honestly, if you don't want to support all of them, support one of them. I don't care. I will buy whatever iPod, whatever, so I can have this. Because right now what I have is a transmitter um, where I beam... I, I It broadcasts on 87.7 megahertz, so if you're near my car at all, uh then you can pick up whatever I'm listening to, which actually uh wife Miriam did, you know, three or four days ago. Maybe it was a week ago. I don't know. And she followed behind me and tuned her radio, and she could listen to the podcast I was listening to which really freaked my ass out because I can barely get that thing in my car. And here she's listening to it. So she popped out of the car and she was like, wow, that was really interesting about ba you know, intentionally trying to freak me out as she is apt to do. But I don't understand why I have to buy this thing, this chunky piece of garbage that broadcasts an FM signal. Just have iPod integration. All right, I understand. My car is from 2001. I don't have the newest car in the world. But really, I went online because I thought like, oh, yeah, you know, it would be nice to have, you know, when I get a job again, I'll get by a car and they will have iPod and all this stuff. No, there's like five manufacturers. It was Audi, VW, which I think are the same car company, uh, BMW. Uh, and Ford. I mean, honestly, at this point, I would seriously consider buying a Ford again just to get iPod integration. You know, Miriam was thinking about getting it when she got uh, her Mini and they wanted like 2,500 bucks and it wasn't even like something that was going to come from the dealer. It was like an aftermarket add-on. It was like, are you, are you kidding me? So there's another piece of technology that, you know, I don't know. I don't know why it isn't being done. It seems like anybody who does it would get my dollars. Because when I buy a car, it's all kind of a crapshoot anyway. I mean, yeah, you can go online and look at reliabilities. and Oh, there's – you can go online. Uh, and and – uh, oh, here's another piece of technology that I love. Um, the digital uh, user manual. I've got user manuals stacked up all over the place. I never spring clean. I never throw away the ones I don't have anymore. All digital, all online, done. Oh, but anyway, so other technology that that really should be happening. I just got off the phone with my mom and I was telling her about 24, the, the TV show 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. And they always do this thing in the show where they're like, oh, hey, can you send that to my screen? Now, you can't do that. There's no operating system that'll just let you shuttle stuff around from screen to screen. There totally should. I mean, yeah, you can do kind of stuff like that with like Skype and whatnot, but I'm not trying to instant message someone. I'm not trying to chat with someone. And honestly, I'll look at something on my little cheapy netbook that I have, and I'll want to send it to... Uh, my laptop, because my laptop has the printer drivers installed on it and my netbook doesn't, which is a different issue. Uh, and I can't do it. I mean, I started using Google Docs. Google Docs is actually kind of cool because you can share stuff with people really easily, but it's just like, it, it, it's just harder to do it than it should be. Oh, and hey, NBC, here's an idea. How come every single episode of Saturday Night Live is not available on Hulu? Like, you're all behind Hulu. You're all up in Hulu's business. How come I can't? Or, or even SaturdayNightLive.com. Or, or how about this? Why don't you put it on iTunes, right? Because really wasn't the barrier to putting every uh, episode of something on a media was the media itself, right, For for distributing. Now, I understand. Look, I've got a boner for Ron Nesson, Gerald Ford's press secretary, when he hosted in 1975. And I am the only one who cares and wants to see it. But I want to see it. So here's what you do. You pay some intern minimum wage and have them digitize it and put that crap online. Right? This isn't rocket science. And here's the thing. You've paid all the money. Do, do something with it, right? Like, the expensive part is not putting it online. The expensive part is, you know, getting the talent together and buying the props and the cast and the crew and all of that. That was the expensive part. Now, you need to go through your library and get some flunky to put it online so then you can continue to make money off of it. So as much as there is technology that I love. There's certain things about the way we are now where I really sort of, you know, because of technology, it's going away. It's gone, actually. It's gone already. And obviously, I hate vinyl, as I've spoken about in past podcasts. So I'm not missing that. And honestly, cassette tapes fraught with problems. But I do sort of miss the mixtape. The mixtape that you give to a girl that you like, because the mixtape, you know, people like it when, as Adam Carolla puts it, you burn calories for another person, right? Like if you're doing something, it's it's not the fact that you do it. It's the fact that you had to work at it to do it. That's what people like. They don't, I mean, yeah, sure, you know, they like the fact that you give them a piece of jewelry. But if they know that your assistant picked it out versus you picking it out, it's really not about the money. It's about, about, as Adam says, the calories burned. And that was the thing about the mixtape, was there were a lot of calories being burnt. I mean, obviously, you had to you know, pull the record out of your library and and set it up. But you also had to make sure that the levels were good. I mean, if you were making a good mixtape, you made sure that the levels were good, because obviously there is no standardization in music mastering, and, you know, levels are all over the place. So you had to make sure the levels were good. And, and where you put the song in the tape, important. What you called the tape, important. Um... The the songs that you chose, all of it, all of it was important. The order was important. It was it was all important. Nowadays it's like, hey, I threw some MP3s on a pen drive here. Oh, but don't 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 put it on shuffle. I mean, it's just not the same thing anymore. And I know, it's it's stupid. You know, obviously I would much rather have the digital files than than a tape, but uh, you know, there is there is something missing there. The other thing, you know, nowadays with, with, you know, YouTube and all that stuff, everything is online, right? I mean, yeah, there's the occasional exception, there's the occasional lawsuit, but really everything is online. And the other kind of weird thing that I'm going to miss with technology, and I'm not going to miss it, but the kids of today will miss it, is it really seemed like, you know, the, the future performers of tomorrow, or I'm sorry, the, 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 few, the performers of the past, you hear them talk and they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always would stay up and watch blah, 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 you know, fill in the blank, Sullivan or Carson or whatever. And I would watch blah, blah, blah. And then I would go to my friends the next day and maybe they had missed it. And I would act out those routines or I would do those jokes. And it, it's weird because that whole thing of like sort of performing for your friends is gone. Because if they didn't see it, you would just tell them, oh, I'll send it to you. I, I, got I saw the clip on YouTube. I'll just, you know, I'll send you the link in an email. And it's, and it's, and it's, I, I kind of miss it because of course I was one of those kids, you know, um, that, that I would see somebody do something and I was just so addicted to, you know, stand up comedy and all of that, that I would just seek it out and I would watch it. And then I would just say to somebody, Oh, did you see such or, no, and such? No, I didn't say, Oh my God, he did this hilarious bit. And then I would like, and it was almost like sort of a, I don't know, it was like a beginner's class in performance, or it was even just sort of like a, I didn't even know I wanted to do this until I was doing it sort of thing. Because, you know, now there's just none of that. But of course, then the flip side is true, right? Like, hey, maybe I might want to try doing some performing. Well, I'll get a camera or I'll get a microphone. And for $300 or however little amount of money it's going to cost you, I'll uh, do something and I'll put it online. There's a great... oh. So there's this guy, he, he's just a fantastic piano player. And there's this new website, for those of you who hadn't heard about it, it's called Chat Roulette. And so the deal is, is you have to have a video camera, uh, or a webcam, I should say, and, and you log into Chat Roulette, and you get somebody, right? The, the two video streams connect, and you get connected to somebody, you don't know who it's going to be. And it doesn't, I from from this video I'm talking about, it doesn't seem to last very long. I haven't actually done chat roulette myself. But based on everything I'm hearing about it, you get paired up and you've got, you know, a little bit of time. And then, of course, I think you can, you know, dump out of it immediately because I, from everything I've heard, it's just a bunch of dudes masturbating. But this guy, he's got a, um, he's got this video of him playing piano improvisationally, uh, you know, to whoever shows up in the chat roulette. So, you know, it's stuff like that. I guess, you know, maybe, maybe the idea of performing in front of a crowd has changed or your friends has changed, but now with the internet, it's all opened up so you can test out your performance skills in a digital format rather than a live response format. So I've got, I've got a couple of ideas for future inventions. Uh, I've put these on uh, ugtv.org uh, in the blog section already, but I'm just going to throw some of them at you, you know, for those of you who haven't seen them. Uh, in terms of mass transit, the big, big problem with mass transit is stopping, right? Like, that's what really makes it slow. If you could get mass transit that would just keep going, and never have to slow down and never have to stop until it got to the end of the line. You know, this whole idea of express and commuter and all of this stuff would just go away. So I had this idea where it was like, they need to dig like a trench underneath the tracks. And it would be kind of like the old Pony Express system. Or not the Pony Express system, but the mail system that you would do on the train. I mean, they used to take the mail sack, put it on a hook swing it out, and then there was a hook on the train, and then the hook on the train would come by and snag the mailbag and pull it off of the hook that was on the side of the tracks. Genius! So let's do that. All the commuters, they get into these little, like, egg-shaped pods that lie underneath the tracks, and then there's a scoop that runs uh, underneath the train, and then it just as it goes down the tracks, it just scoops up all the passengers. Boom! Pops them right in the back. No slowing down, no stopping. Scoop and go. It's like turds. Dog turds. You are human dog turds now. Or should be, if I get my way. Another invention I had, which I, I got pretty far on, but I, I was doing it in, in Macromedia's director, but you know that kind of fell apart after a while. Somehow the director infrastructure just stopped working and like XP Service Pack 2 or something like that. Anyway, I had this idea of re-editing movies. Right? Like, movies are not like paintings. Paintings are there is one. And we can all and we go and we look. Now if I if I said to you, eh, I don't like that painting. I'm gonna take some scissors to it and cut it up and uh, make it into a new thing, you'd be like, wait a minute. Ha! Don't do that. That's the only one there is. But movies are not like paintings. You send them out. I buy the DVD. I should be able to re-edit it however I want. And I was working on a movie re-editor. It didn't rip the movie off the DVD. It used the DVD. But you could make playlists and re-edit the movie. Which... I don't understand why we're not doing. It's like, I don't care that you want me to watch it a certain way. I bought it. It's mine. I should be allowed to watch that dumb movie however I damn well feel like. So I was making this movie re-editor, and like I said, it just fell apart after a while. But really, we should have that ability. And why we can't just directly enter numbers into our remote and jump to a specific point in any movie? I don't understand. I want to go to one hour and 10 minutes. Done. Boom. Go. TiVo, same way. I want to go to 56 minutes into this show. Boom. Why not? Oh, and if we're talking about the future of technology, there is... Uh, a, a movie going around right now for Microsoft's new—it's uh, sort of like the 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 rival to the iPad, and it's called the Courier. This if the, if the videos of the Courier are anything like it really is, it will be the first new operating system innovation since Windows ninety five. Or, or, in fact, even the, the first Mac, which was before that. Uh, it's, it, what it does is, and, and, and like I said, I don't have to tell you the video. You just go and look at it for it online. Microsoft Courier. Uh, you can see it at device. That's the letter D-V-I-C-E dot com. Great website. Uh, and the idea is that we're going to get away eventually from this files and folder format of computing. Because we have things that we need that are common between many different folders and files. I mean, I don't know about you, I don't know how you work, but I work in projects, right? Like, I want to do something fun online. Uh, Okay, I want to, I got a couple of pictures of France that I'm going to use as background images, so I'll just Go to this, and I'll link them in, and we'll do some stuff. This the whole courier video is taking your assets, linking them, linking them from one another, and then seamlessly launching applications in the background. Oh 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 yeah 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 oh I forgot all about this. So, uh, uh, Christopher and I, uh, one of my uh, uh, old coworkers, we had this idea of the infinite desktop, right? And so the whole idea of applications goes away. And, well, not completely, because you still buy applications, right? But you only buy the pieces of the applications that you need. Because right now, I mean, what we're doing is we're saying, oh, I want this picture in Microsoft Word, Well, I don't really want the whole picture. I want to uh, composite this picture with another picture and then have that be the one picture. Well, you can't really do that in Word. So you got to open Photoshop. And you open Photoshop, and that takes 100 years. And then you make your comp in Photoshop, and then you replace it into your Microsoft Word document. Well, it's not quite right. And there oh maybe we need to know, add something else. Okay. Well, you reopen Photoshop, you reopen the Photoshop file, and then you open up something else, and then now you go back into Word, but that's not the right picture anymore, so you got to delete the picture and then place it again and then relay it out. No, monkey business. Instead what you do in in my dream world is you say I will use the document layout tool, and I will lay out my document. I will use my image compositor tool or image masking tool or, what, or however many tools I wish to use. So there isn't applications anymore. They're all one application. It's just various tools you use to do what you want in the grand application. And if we can get there, that would be freaking awesome. Well, clearly I could talk about this all day, but I'm not gonna. I got things to do. I gotta, I gotta print out the PDF. Oh, I don't even have to print out the PDF. I am gonna take the, uh, the PDF of the uh, recipe that my mom sent me, and I'm going to make it into a text file, and I'm going to pop that onto my iPod, and then I'm going to be listening to podcasts as I walk through the grocery store, and uh, in the notes section of my iPod, I will read my mom's recipe and find the ingredients I need. So, for me, for technology, for all the innovators out there in the music of Bright Brown, let's do this one more time. Till then!